How many of you can name off an amazing servant in this body of Christ? Okay, let's start it. Go ahead. Who? Your mom. Awesome prayer warrior. Who else? Yes. Sharon. Awesome person who makes amazing gifts and is loving to everybody. Absolutely. Who else? Jeff Sharon. I'm going to talk about him in just a minute. We're going to do it publicly, so I'll be nice. Okay. Jamie, absolutely rock star, uh, lover of my children and everybody else's children and Bible class. Who else? Jeff Drillinger, amazing preacher. Who else? Melissa, absolutely. I couldn't do it without her. Others? Blake and Desi, absolutely. Young couple that's really invested in other people. Yes? Absolutely, positively. I love your wife and mother-in-law. Not as much as you, but I love them. All right. Kirk. Kirk is an absolutely amazing teacher off the charts. If you're not listening on Sunday night, you're a loser. Okay. <laughs> that was rude. I should never have said that. Go ahead. Miriam, absolutely. Miriam, yes. Absolutely, of course. What else? Who else? Come on, right here. Eric, how many of you love Eric when he preaches? How many love Eric when he teaches? How many love Eric when he fixes the grate back there so we don't cook this next winter? Woo-hoo! All right, and he checks, I mean, this guy's a rock star. Okay, who else? Carrie. Who? Carrie. Carrie, absolutely, positively. I hate it when I don't have these. Okay, who else? Angie. Angie, oh my goodness gracious. Talk about misencourager. How about Cynthia, man, but she's not here. It's rugged. Anyway, thanks, Cynthia, for being here today. I'm not talking about you, Ken. I'm talking about me. Yes. Logan and Julie. You know what? We're gonna, we could go and go way overtime. We're not going to do that because everyone here has so many gifts and talents and abilities. You don't know the hundreds of hours that Ken Weibert and Jeff Sharon have spent on this west wall because... It really was rotting. It is no longer, and it's going to be sealed up by October. I'm going to ask Jeff to come up here and uh, uh, give 15 minutes to talk about what they, you know the back is sealed. It's awesome, and then they're working on this, and it's been quite an amazing chore, but uh, they're not taking it just uh, uh, cosmetic. They're going, and they're going to get it done right, and he's been doing that. So, Jeff, I want you to come up and share a little bit about that. And uh, let's give it up for Jeff. He's been here for literally hundreds of hours. You multiply five hours a day, several times a week over the last several weeks. It's a lot. So, Jeff, please. All right. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, this has been uh, quite a project. As uh, when I first took on the the duty of uh, repairing the building, uh, this started last year, and. Uh, as you know, it's it's an old building. It's 108 years old, and uh, the construction is such. And as we've gone through, we've discovered some some pleasant surprises and some unpleasant, <laughs> as you can imagine. And uh, so today, I asked Bill for this time, and I think all the speakers up here that have been before me to make speed it up and make this time slot for me to, to present this to you. Um, in the presence of needing volunteers. I'll pass this around here, so if you would do it. Uh, the work schedule for working on this is, is mainly uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, about like three to four hours at a time in the morning, eight 
to uh, noon is what the schedule I'm looking at. We don't need to have a hundred people out here. We need four at a time because we have so many tools, so many outlets, because we're in a process now of sanding. Uh, the scraping is, is almost done, probably about 80% completed. Uh, we've had to take off more than had been anticipated. But after 108 years, we had some just going back to the uh, to the bare wood again. So that's where we, we were and, and getting this all scraped down, why it's taken a little bit longer. Uh, the main thing with our project when we started was to get this siding fixed, sealed off. And then we expanded on project creep, as we like to call it. And it was looking at the uh, the windows. Well, the windows are are very fragile. So we've had to really think about how we're going to approach that in the future. But that's an, another time. Today I'm going to not go in depth on that so much. But if you have questions about that, just talk to me after afterwards, and we I can uh, share that with you where we are with that. Uh, but our sign up sheet. If you'll put down your, your name and phone number, I've got my contact information on here. So if you're not going to sign up today, at least get my name and contact number. And if you should change your mind, please contact me. Uh, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday routine is, is what we're looking at. Uh, I am out here on Monday. So those that are available and would like to do it, that's not going to be something we're signing up for. It's just you're, you're welcome to come out. And, and help, but uh, we really are needing now to, to do the sanding, the prep, the final preparation. We're going to have painting, we're going to be lifting a, uh, uh, renting a lift to paint the upper part of the building, and that's going to be the first week in October. And Ben Ewing, as most of you remember, uh, Holly and Ben, he's offered to come here and, and offer his uh, airless prayer and, and paint the building for us. Uh, I think we're blessed to have Ben and, and Holly as friends and and uh, and we miss them. But uh, for any of you that would be interested, I'll pass this around here and you're, I would appreciate everything. When it's all done, I will post it up there on the bulletin and then you can see if you should decide to go ahead and sign up later, great. Because we have a whole month we're preparing for getting down to the final stretch here. And it's pretty much just sanding and, and prepping everything now uh, up to the first 12 feet of the, of the wall out here. Uh, thank you for your time. Okay. So are there questions for Jeff? We're gonna have uh, those little masks for you. Mm -hmm. And so that- Just ordered them. Just okay, excellent. So that you don't have to worry about that. Oh, Eric. Well, you can keep talking by doing questions. Okay, so the reason that we have the, the masks is this is a hundred plus year old building, and undoubtedly some of the paint jobs that they've done on this thing may have had lead in the paint. So we want you to wear one of those, those face masks. Now, I hate face masks. I hate face masks. Just saying. Okay. And so, but in this case, in this case, it's legitimate. So anyway, um, so we're going to do the face mask. So if you're signing up, we'll have face masks out here. And Jeff's going to be out here uh, Monday. I'll be out here on Mondays. Mm -hmm. 
and then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, and it's just mornings because it's nice and cool on that side with the shadow, but it gets intolerable after that. So, anyway, I want you to give it up for Jeff. Like I said, hundreds of hours this summer, hundreds of hours last summer, and we're getting this thing done right. Ken Weibert, stand up. Ken, stand up. No, no, no. Let's give it up for Ken Weibert, too. I mean, he is... I know, but you spent lots and lots of hours here. So. And it's been a great support. Yeah, if you want to. And there's a pencil on the back if you want to start back there. And just keep okay. passing it around. That would be great. Thank right, you. Great. Thank you. Awesome. Man. Let's All give right. it up once again. That's awesome. And the back is so awesome. And then this side is going to be great. And uh, wait to hear what we got planned for the windows. It's, uh, it's, it's better than what we could buy, honestly. And you'll see why when he shares that in the future. So thank you so much, Jeff. And you gave me four extra minutes. You had four extra minutes. Who wants Jeff to come back up here and take four extra minutes? <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and, and uh, please sign up. It's uh, four hours in the morning. We're not asking you to do a ton. But you know, if everybody here found four hours, how many hundred of hours would it be? Two, three hundred hours just in this group. So uh, I know I'll be out here more than one Monday because Monday's relatively free for me in the morning. So... I hope that you can you can make it happen. So, all right, let's do some announcements. Uh, evening assembly tonight will be at the parks. Next week it will be at the Compton Place. Uh, bring your Bible Monday night. We're moving from Atomic Habits back into the truth of God's Word, and so bring your Bibles uh, for those of you who are uh, a part of Monday night. And I promise Sharon will continue to make those good meals. Uh, Wednesday night is a completely new format. Please bring your Bible. And if you're watching online, please let me know. I'm building three-ring notebooks uh, with the book of Hebrews in them. And the, the script uh, of Hebrews will be on one part of the note page. And then on the other side, there's going to be a place for notes where you can uh, basically build your own commentary on the book of Hebrews. Bring your Bible. We're going to have a notebook with that in it. We're changing the format of how we're doing that. And so uh, we're going to discuss uh, the practical applications of the truths of God's word in the book of Hebrews. If you understand why the book of Hebrews was written, it was written for such a time as this. And so I'm preaching through the book of Hebrews. And so I pray that you'll be able to make it either in person Wednesday nights or online Facebook Live. And of course, it's, it's also, uh, you can get it on through the, the uh, face or the website for um, the church. It'll be at our house this week. So uh, Wednesday night starting this week through the month of September. Then we're going to transition uh, to uh, uh, Tamara's place in October. So just so you know, that's what's coming up. Um, and thank you, Jeff, for sharing that. Ladies study Thursday night. Okay. Is there a ladies uh, uh, weekend coming up sometime soon over the coast? No? Okay. All right. Anniversaries. Uh, someone has been married for how many blissful years? 27 blissful years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, come on, let's give it up. So I almost started to cry at Monday night last week when I was talking about how I saw little Logan as this little squirmy, little wormy guy. <laughs> And then Julie is going to have a little, get a little, it's like, wow, I've been so blessed to be able to be a part of families like that. 
And I remember we were all so amazingly beautiful and young and lots of hair and no wrinkles. How did that happen that we were so amazing back then? We're even more amazing now as new creations, right? <laughs> wow. Let's give it up once again. 27 years. That's awesome. What a blessing to be in good fellowship that long. And uh, there's a young man by the name of Truman Winningham. Truman, I hope you're listening. I got news that he uh, uh, was born. I can't remember. How many years was it, Truman? Was it 11, 12, 13? 12. 16? 12. Thank you, 12. And uh, this year, 12 years ago, Truman came into the world. So Truman, you're a rock star on the map, but you know what? I've noticed that you've picked it up in regards to serving your family with a super attitude. So let's give it up for Truman. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! All right. Anybody else got a birthday this week that we missed? We can sing again? All right. Let's get her done here. Words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. Brian, thank you for using us, urging us as aliens and strangers for the last use that. I'm sorry. Urging us. To be aliens and strangers for the last month. So good to see you out in the wild. Yesterday, it warms my heart. You were out in the wild yesterday? So was I. I was up in your stomping grounds. You must have been... Oh, the urban one. Okay. All right. Cynthia, thank you so much for tickling the ivories for us. Amen. It helps so much. It helps so much. You don't even know. I... uh Sometimes I scare myself. Last time I was up here, and it wasn't this morning, I think it was last week, I couldn't get the, I was flat. Do you know what flat means? Oh, I was flat. All right, so anyway, thank you. Tamara D., you, you are an amazing person. You are one of the sweetest people I know. I wrote this, but it's not my handwriting. You're, you're so encouraging and so kind. Uh, amen to whoever wrote that one. Amen. Brian. Despite getting to listen to you in person, oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to make that mistake, I'm serious. Brian, despite not getting to listen to you in person, your lessons uh, have been a huge encouragement to me. I don't know how that got here this morning, but somebody's listened to you online. That's great. Okay, Jeff, your message today was awesome. Man, I couldn't stop amen and see, you went long and I still liked it. That's awesome, Jeff. He could have preached my sermon this morning. In fact, he kind of did, but I still love him. I love how, how, I love how, I'm not sure this word, steps up and sings songs from Max. Um, oh, oh, Grandpa. All right, how could I have not known that was Grandpa. I love how Grandpa steps up and sings songs for Max. All right, that's for Grandpa over there. All right. Wow. <laughs> Mr. Compton, I thank you for speaking the truth and encouraging us to live for God. Braxton. Man, I like that guy. I love how Mr. Compton gets up and talks to us from Max. All right, Max. Thank you, too, man. I love talking to people. It's great. Especially over coffee. All right, any others before we start? I think we got them all done, as a matter of fact. Let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 13. 
And I do have to say thank you to both Jeff and Brian and, and uh, Grandpa for, for uh, really making it work today. So Jeff could get up and speak what he needed to share. Uh, sure to appreciate him. He's done amazing things. And you know what? Some people really get off about how the building is not the church. I agree. But this building is such a huge blessing. There's no mortgage. And it's historical. And it's a beautiful facility that allows us to come together outside of the elements and enjoy fellowship together. Amen? Amen. So thank you for helping to make it look great and feel great and be great. So you're awesome. Thank you very much. Okay. So Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Now let's build the, the spiritual body here. Hebrews chapter 12. And in, in verses 1, 2, and 3. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And again, turn with me to Luke 8 and verse 14. Luke 8 and verse 14. The title of the lesson this morning is Prepare to Endure, Lay Aside Every Encumbrance That So Easily Entangles. To be prepared to endure, we need to lay aside every encumbrance that so easily entangles. And this verse embodies those encumbrances. Verse 14 of Luke 8. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help me to be focused. Help me to be speaking words by which hearts would be called to throw off those things which so easily entangle and to listen not to the voices of this world that God or Satan is using to distract us, to deceive us, to discourage us and to destroy us. But we would listen to your voice, the voice as spoken through our brother Jeff this morning, the voice as was spoken through our, our brother Brian this morning, the voice that, was, that will be spoken through our brother Kirk tonight. And those who are going to step up, the voice that you use to speak through Eric next uh, month during the adult Bible class. Father, you're speaking because people recognize a difference in the challenges that we in the United States and throughout the world are facing. They are deeper. They're more well orchestrated. They seem to be uh, uh, just beautifully uh, sequenced to destroy. And yet, Father, we know that the God of this world has already been judged. We already know that he is going to be thrown into the pit and we get to watch that happen. He already knows that he is lost. And Lord God in heaven is now for the saints to prepare themselves for the future, not just here and now, but for when we go marching in as the great army of God into heaven 
having been victorious through the great and sacrifice of Jesus Christ through his spirit as we walk by faith and not by sight. And I pray, Father, from this point on that we'll recognize that every word that's spoken needs to be thought through, studied through, and applied if it's true. Lord God, your church will enter into heaven. Your church will be prepared for that day when you come back for us. And yet we are responsible for that preparation. You've given us your spirit. You've given us your word. You've given us each other. And now, Lord God in heaven, we pray that we would work together to strengthen and become the men and women who will pass through these great challenges and difficulties into glory. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. A prophet has no honor in his hometown. I hate that verse. Jesus walks into Nazareth and man, that guy was producing miracles everywhere. And yet when he got to his hometown, guess what happened? Nothing. Why? Because old hat. It breaks my heart when sometimes people are looking at their phone and they show it to someone next to them and they both giggle. Now I know I'm funny looking and I know the scriptures sometimes are humorous, but that breaks my heart. Now you're saying, well, they're judging. I'm not. I understand that I've been here for a long time. 37 years. That's a long time. And I know you know every little joke and every little facial expression and every little hand gesture and every little story. I know you know those. I do. And I know some don't like me for one reason or another. I've screwed up in the past. I know that. But it's not business as usual now. It's not business as usual. You know how I know? And I really appreciate what Jeff said, and I'm introducing this, and I hope you'll listen to the lesson this morning. I had an opportunity to get angry Rage at the machine is, there's a bumper sticker. When I found out that my son Jacob will not be able to be a firefighter in the state of Oregon, as of, as of October 18th, he will no longer be able to participate in uh, working. And I had a choice at that moment in time because I felt it raging up in me. As the rage built up in the Apostle Paul as he walked into Athens and he saw the idols that everybody was worshiping, but he chose not to express that rage. He decided he's going to take it God's way. And so when I heard that from my wife and then from my son, it was in me. But I decided, I'm glad I checked it before it went out the door, I decided that I'm going to empower my son to realize that he is a great servant of God and that no matter what happens, he is going to serve God until the end. I'm excited about this young man because as we talked over coffee at Max Porter's and we talked during the day as we drove and uh, we, we came to the realization that we were placed on earth for a reason and that's to serve the Lord God to our very last breath. And when they were crucifying Jesus, he spoke to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. 
one of his finest moments that we can remember. And he drove it right to and through the cross. And he did not lose his temper or blow his cool. He saved people right to the last breath. And so Jake and I were talking about he can go and work at the uh, fire station until the 18th. And I said, son, I want you to be more honorable than you have been. And he's honored there because the chief said, if I could have a son, I would want him to be just like you. He said that to my son. Captain, excuse me, captain. Thank you for that correction. Captain's going to see a man among men until the 18th. And I asked, Jake, get a letter of recommendation from these men and these women. They know who you are. And you live it strong. Because they need to see Jesus until the very last breath. That's how we live this thing, brethren. To the very last breath. And you know what? God's going to raise up Jake and place him right where he needs to be placed. And he's going to do the job to provide for his family that God will provide because I know that's the man that he is. But that's the men and women we are. Amen? That's the men and women we are. You need to choose to embrace that. It doesn't matter what Satan tries to pull on us. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And Jesus accomplished his purpose in his body when he walked this way. And you and I will accomplish it also as we walk this way. As I prayed with Andrew and Carly last Monday night, I held her hand and we prayed together. And it was like I was praying for my daughter. Brother, you need to recognize and understand this is business, it's not business as usual. It's not, is it, Carl? It's not. But we're not normal people. We are aliens and strangers, amen? We are new creations. We are not mere mortals. 1 Corinthians 3 says that. So I want you to lay aside all the encumbrances. So look at my first point, worry. Jeff talked about it. It's easy. You just listen to the news and it's designed to produce worry. And make a look, that word worry there, that word worry is to literally, and you said it, you hadn't even looked at the Greek at this word. It means to be distracted, to draw in different directions. Anxiety, all designed to distract and to discourage. I hate that guy, the devil. I love the Lord Jesus Christ because he has consistently fulfilled his promises to provide for me and my family. Even when it looked like it was impossible to provide, he provided, and in some ways, miraculously. He'll do the same now. He has not changed. He has always provided for his people. You do not need to worry. Worry is a symptom of having your eyes in the wrong place. Is it worthy of worry? I'm not saying no, it's not, it is. But take your eyes and lift them to the one who has consistently fulfilled his promise to you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Look at Luke chapter 10. Luke 10 here and verse 38. 
Two verses in each one of these designed with a specific purpose. One is the negative, one is the positive. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, this is the negative. Now, as they were traveling along, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Good job, Mary. But Martha was distracted. Don't you love that word? With all her preparations, she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care? Are you not worried that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried, anxious, distracted, and bothered about all, so many things, but only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is necessary. Did you like the way my brother Brian brought the message this morning? Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. In his true Brian brag. I love it. That's the one thing I remember. I got to remember to remember to remember him. Awesome. Look at what he's doing here. Only one thing is necessary. Only one thing. And what is that? To listen to his word, to sit at his feet, and then be responsive. That's what matters. Because when you listen to CNN, please, please, don't believe you're hearing truth. And when you listen to the medias, be careful because they're designed. They call it programming for a reason, right? Instead of education in our schools, it's indoctrination. In doctrine, in teaching. They're doctrinating teaching that's opposed to God's word. Understand that. So the medias and the communication, the narrative across the board is the same, except for when you turn to the word until you listen to good men like Jeff and like Brian and like Eric and like Scott and like Kirk. Good men that are willing to stand up and tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. Instead of tickle your ears or lie to you or, or try to discourage you. I don't know about you, but I was greatly encouraged. So it's important, brethren, to understand. Philippians chapter 4. We just heard that from our brother. Who was it? It was you, wasn't it? Philippians 4. Thanks for stealing my sermon. Let's go there really quickly. Obviously, the Lord wanted us to hear it twice, I'm assuming, because some of us, like myself, are, are slow on the uptake. I don't know, you probably are. I'm not so much. And so here we go, Philippians chapter 4. I'm accusing myself, not you, okay? If you own it, you know, change it, right? Rejoice in the Lord always, even when it's tough. Again, I'll say rejoice. He's trying to reiterate it, right, Bragg? Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. You know that word gentle? Do you remember I talked about what gentle meant? Don't get angry at God when things don't go your way because it's going his way perfectly. Don't get angry. Gentle is like chill. It's all working out the way God wants it to. When the world's falling apart, you're saying God wants the world to fall apart? No, but he created the wicked. He created the wicked for the day of evil. And you're saying, that's sick. Why would God do that? He didn't create babies evil. Babies are cute and innocent. They grew up and became what? Evil. And then they choose to do their own thing. And bad things happen. That's God's free will to all people. We choose to be good. Others choose not to be. 
We need to recognize that we're in a world that God has allowed us to love him only and then love each other. I love that. But we also know that there is evil in this world and that people are going to do those things. We need to be respond, responding as Christ would respond. Now, we go on and it says what? Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Uh, for not, Don't be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your thanksgivings and requests be known to God. You know, more people have been offering prayer requests and praises ever. And, the, and I'm sorry, Jeff, I do the email every morning and sometimes people text me. They did not this time, except for one and we got it. So people are coming out of the woodwork. Why? Because they know that God answers prayer. That's awesome. Pray more and always be thankful and pray more. And by the way, verses uh, eight and nine are very important. Everything you've heard, everything you've listened to, apply it if it's of truth. And then you'll walk as men and women of integrity and people are going to be drawn to the light as moths seeking warmth. And they will find the warmth of Jesus Christ. Now, Look at that little star at your bottom of your sheet there for point number one. Exchange your worries for spiritual concerns. Exchange your worries for spiritual concerns. When I heard the news that my son Jacob uh, on the 18th is not going to be able to go in there ever, period, done, I could have gotten worried. Oh no, what's Jake going to do? It's terrible. Life's coming. In. You know what? Jake's a solid man. He could go anywhere, and when he works, he's going to be seen as a, a solid worker, and he's going to be taken on, and he's going to be promoted. So I don't need to worry. And besides which, God will lead him into whatever place and whatever work and whatever circle of influence for his good pleasure if he remains faithful. You know, we kind of lament the fact that our sons are moving away. But you know what? It's kind of exciting. It's kind of like sending, you know, like the, uh, the paratroopers into another place. These guys are solid. I don't know if North Dakota knows what's coming, okay? But guess what? North Dakota is going to be different, and I'm excited about that. You see, we need to recognize and understand that if we build them right and send them out, God uses them to change the world, and he'll put them where he wants them. Now look at the second point. Are you worried? Change that from worry to spiritual concern. There's a difference. And I have you read 2 Corinthians 11, verse 28 and 29 on your own. Change worry to spiritual concern. Look at number two. Lay aside the desire for riches. Man, America's so rich. I have so many toys. I mean, I was looking at my inventory. I'm going, this is almost sick what I have. Well, for me, it is sick. Because I have more than what I could ever want or need. Why do I complain that I have the newest gizmo or gadget or gadget or whatever? Why? We grew up in this country where, man, you work hard, you can get whatever gizmo or gadget you want. And then you get a new one next year. Man. And so, kind of change the mindset. It's not business as usual. How many of you know from lessons time past that in the olden days... They decided, hey, let's take everything away from people and see if they're still religious. See if they still love God. Well, you think if they did it in the past? Well, they've forgotten. I'm hoping they forgot. 
They haven't forgot. It's a great tool for the devil. But it's a great tool for us as well. When we show that stuff doesn't matter, that heaven really matters. You got to get your head wrapped around that thing. You got to get your heaven or your head wrapped around that thing. Because when things come unraveled, if your head's not wrapped around the truth, that you have a more promising property in heaven, it'll drive you crazy. So be prepared. Get these encumbrances. Can you still have good stuff? Well, of course you can. But if it's your God, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, if your stuff is your God, gotta have it, well then you're in trouble. You're not prepared. Now let's take a look real quick. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Luke 12, verse 13. Riches of this world, they're deceitful. In fact, in the other two passages in the Gospels where it talks about the, the seed choked out by the riches, it uses the deceitfulness of riches. You think you can put your hope in it. You think you can plan your life around it. And that is not how it works. And so uh, chapter 12, beginning there in verse 13, you know this one, but boy, is it illustrative of how crazy and dangerous it is to put your hope and stuff in this world. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who appointed me to be judge or arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable. The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. Notice, he owns everything. Remember, he's forgotten who owns everything, right? Oh, I'm going to take do the great barns. But verse 20, or verse 19, I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, uh, You fool, uh, this very night, your soul is required of you. And now, who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I don't care how much stuff you got. Your stuff doesn't really matter. And if you have a bunch of stuff and you're using it for the Lord, awesome, great. And I don't care if I get a dime or a nickel or a penny. I want you to glory in using what God has given you to serve him. Our stuff is so we can serve him and enjoy the blessing of it. Now let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I love this one. 1 Timothy chapter 6. This says you can be rich. Oh, okay, let's go there. 1 Timothy and chapter 6. I'm supposed to do this, the Bible says. I'm supposed to read this to you. Evangelists are supposed to. Here we go. Instruct those who are rich in this present world. I think most Americans are rich compared to the rest of the world. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. The word riches there literally means money and stuff. But on God, put your hope on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. We can have stuff and enjoy it. Just don't worship it. Just don't make it your goal. Enjoy it. Use it to serve him. 
Reading on, it says, verse 18, instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves a treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. <clears throat> I love this passage of scripture. Would you do yourself a favor? Would you mind doing a very careful Greek study of this very passage right here? We in the United States are rich. We are really rich. Many, is a, many of us have more than one you know, real estate property. Many of us have more than one car, more than one truck, more than one pew pew, more than one, you know, we have more than one of everything. Okay, as the old man said, one is done and two is one. So why not get six? All right, then we got five. You know what I'm saying, Paul? That's what I'm saying. So that's the American mindset. How about we go back and go, thank you, Lord, for everything I got. And if you were to take it tomorrow, I'm just thankful that you've given my family. And if, they, if, Lord, you take them to heaven, I'm just thankful I get to spend another day helping other people become Christians. And in my last hour, as uh, whatever's happening, I'll say, I pray that you'll all repent and get to know the Lord Jesus because it's going to be a great ride now. That's really where we need to be in our mind. Get the encumbrances out because you'll cling to those instead of the Lord Jesus. Look at the little star at point number two. Exchange worldly riches for the riches of his glory. The riches of his glory. You know, the, one of the most awesome riches of glory is, I want to share it with you right now, okay? There's three men in this audience, and I love to watch them as they talk together. It's like they're, it's the kids in the candy shop, Jeff and Alton and Brian. And, and they're showing each other their pictures. Look how big, you know, I love it. You want to know what? I had the privilege of sharing with each one of those about the Lord and they became a brother in Christ and they found best friends. Man, I love to watch that. It's the coolest thing. And your dad's best friend is a man that loves you as your, his own son. Isn't that awesome? I get to see that. And I got to be a part of that. And there's no greater riches in this world than to see the power of the gospel changing lives. I'll give up everything if you'll make it. I'll give up everything in this world if you'll make it. And you'll make it. And Braxton, and you'll make it. And Logan, you'll make it. Nothing in this world matters as long as you make it. Exchange worldly riches for the riches of glory, which brings people together as one in the body of Christ, and we get to heaven. By the way, yes, it is in the scriptures that God loves to bless his kids with more than his wants. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. I love that one. He knows what we need, our deepest hearts need. He's going to provide for those. We just need to make sure that it's all for him and none for me. The last one, the last one, 
Lay aside the carnal pleasures that so easily entangle. That word, point number three, that word pleasures is the word hedony. We get the word hedonism. You know what hedonism is? It's the God of pleasure. Anything that does not bring pleasure is evil. Everything that brings pleasure in this physical life is good. Hedonism is a religion. Hedonism doesn't have a temple. It's wherever you find pleasure and you'll go back to that and go back to that and go back to that and go back to that because the dopamine is dumped in your head and you just get sucked deeper and deeper and deeper and deep into the passing pleasures, same word, of sin. Be careful because sin habits are addictive. Sin habits are addictive. Look at Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Get this junk out. We're going to talk about sin specifically uh, uh, next week in, in light of our having thrown off the old man. Don't miss next week. It's going to be a, something you've not ever heard before, I don't think. It's a, I'm excited about it. But look at verse 3. Titus chapter 3 and verse 3. For we Christians also once were, not anymore, we were also once were foolish ourselves, disobedience, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in hatred and envy, uh, hateful, hating one another, malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior appeared, look, look, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. No one, no one. No adult is going to walk into heaven and say, I've arrived and I never sinned. Open the door before I kick it in. No one's going to say that. We're all going to be praising the lamb, the one who bought us by his blood, the only one who lived perfectly. And I am saved by the grace of God and so are you. It's not by any work you have ever done or ever will do. We are saved by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Why do we work then? Why are we zealous for good works then? Because he bought a person that was unworthy of heaven and he paid the price, which is condemnation, not for his sin, but for yours and mine. You know why I work? Because I don't deserve heaven. And yet... I'm going to get it if I remain faithful to him as his bride. I don't deserve it, but he's going to give it to me. No one knows all of my sin except for one. And he paid for all of it. He knew it all intimately on the cross. And he paid for all of it. I don't bear that burden anymore. And if you're in Christ, you don't either. But now we got to let that junk go. And to... Next Sunday, I'm going to talk about how to let that junk go. How to get it gone. Because I still struggle with some things in my life, believe it or not. You know, I've been around a while. But the reality is, is the devil keeps knocking, and so I need to keep pushing back, as you. So we're going to talk about that. But I love 2 Corinthians and chapter 7. You know what? There are pleasures in this life, and I just spoke about one of them. But there are pleasures in this life. 2 Corinthians in chapter 7. Listen to the Apostle Paul. I'm telling you what, this guy so loves the Christians 
in the city of Corinth. He's so appreciative of them. Listen to the pleasure he gets from hearing about, seeing the growth and faithfulness of these brethren. I mean, it's like you can't even believe this guy is in prison and he's writing this. He's in pain and suffering and he's writing this, that he has such pleasure in the relationship he has with these people. Listen to what he says here. Verse two, three, and four. Make room for us in your hearts. We wronged no one. We corrupted no one. We took advantage of no one. I, I do not speak to condemn you. I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. Great is my confidence in you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am overflowing with joy in our affliction. I'm in this stinking rotten prison and I'm overflowing with joy, pleasure at the thought of how faithful you are. You know, when I see a man or a woman step up and even though they, I don't know if I could do that and they step into it, man, I'm telling you what, there is no greater pleasure I don't know if you're listening, TJ, but I'm going to keep singing his praises until I'm dead. Man, when he stepped up on Monday night and spoke what he spoke, that was a pretty awesome lesson, wasn't it? It was like, whoa. And then I thought, wow, that was amazing for his first lesson in a men's camp. Oh, my. I was like, wow. I have no greater joy I'm going to quote scripture now. I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. And I'm not talking about Ryan and Jake and Andrew only. I'm talking about those who are a part of the body of Christ. This family that God allowed me the privilege of sharing the gospel with and having them become a Christian. So when you step up to speak, man, I love listening to you, Eric Johnson. I'm serious. I have the greatest pleasure in this life. You can have that pleasure too. Invest yourself. Invest yourself in focusing on building the kingdom and not on the crazy destruction of the world. You're building the kingdom and when you do that, more people come in and the world may pass away, but those people who we touch and draw in, they shall live forever. And they'll be strong and faithful and build each other up. That's what the church is all about. It's not business as usual anymore. I'm excited about this day. Are you ready for this? The Bible is not academic. It used to be for me. It's not academic anymore. It's life. It's my life. It's God knowing my life and preparing my heart for the life he knows that is to come. He's doing that for you too. If you'll look at the Bible no more as just a book to read, but rather life to build your life so that you become the man or woman of God that he's called you to be. We are here together for a reason. It's not just accidental that we're here 
We're here for a reason. We're here to grow each other up, to encourage one another and spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Why? And all the more as we see the day drawing near. Not business as usual, brethren. My prayer is that you'll come back next week because I still have some sins that, that are trying to pull me back in. And I'm not going to let them because there's a lot of people counting on me. You know, if you fall to sin, there's a lot of people watching you. There's a lot of people following you. There's a lot of people you influence and they're going to go, must not be real. And then they start to shake out. Do you realize how important you are? Get that junk out. Live the life. Stand as a man of integrity, a woman as virtue. Come back next week and learn how to get this next thing that so easily entangles and keep us from running the race. And then we're going to go to running the race. And that's when it gets good. All right? We've got to throw this junk off first so we can really fly. That's what this is all about. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word. And you know, the last two weeks have just rocked my carnal-minded world, and I am really thankful for that because it's really had me to go back and check. Do I really believe this stuff? Is it really real? And I go back and I look at all the miracles, and I go back and I look at the physical evidences of your miracles brought about in this world like the Red Sea crossing, powerful, like the Bethlehem star, powerful. These things are proof that you follow through with what you say, and I've seen miracles in my own life, as many uh, here have seen miracles in there. You are faithful. Help us to throw off the encumbrances, the worry, and, and the, the, the love of riches, and uh, the, the pleasures of this world that are passing away, and help us to put our minds on things above, on spiritual things. Empower us to enjoy the good things you've given, but not worship and serve them. Allow them to be tools to bring other people to a saving knowledge of Christ. How I pray this in your son's name that we would throw off all of these encumbrances. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, woo let's stand up and get all excited. This is the time to really ramp it up. What did Jesus say? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right, let's go get her done. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.